four signs that your health is an asset and not a liability. So last week I hopped on and I gave you six signs that your health was a liability and not an asset. And today, as promised, I want to follow that up with signs that your health is an asset and not a liability. You want to be very clear on you know whether or not your health is an asset and or a liability. And the reason this is important is because it helps you to de determine your sense of urgency, right? So being clear, sometimes it's very obvious to people that their health is an, a liability and not an asset, but sometimes it's unclear because a lot of us live in this really gray area between optimal health and extremely poor health. And so if you live in that gray area and you're, you don't have anything that's severe enough to be identified, you know, that, that impedes on your life in such a way that makes you feel like, okay, I need to do something about this right now. Sometimes it's not clear. And so I want to spell out for you um, what that looks like, what that may sound like, and get to the bottom of whether or not, help you get to the bottom of whether or not your health is an asset and or a liability. So if you haven't already, definitely check out last week's video, six signs of whether or not your health is a liability as opposed to an asset. You can check that out here on my Instagram page. If you're watching on Facebook, you can check that on Facebook, or you can simply follow my podcast, the Black Health Academy podcast on whatever platform you use to stream podcasts. If you want to hear last week's audio on six ways um, to determine whether or not your health is a liability as opposed to an asset, that's the Black Health Academy podcast, or just search in my um, archives here on um, Facebook or Instagram. But today we're going to talk about whether or not your health is an asset. Again, because you might be living in a gray area where you are completely unsure. So I'm about to break it down for you today, okay? Um, and when I talk about health, before I get into what the first one is, when I'm talking about health here, I'm not just talking about your physical health. So that's another reason why this needs to be defined clearly, because sometimes, a lot of times when we speak about health, we're typically talking about physical health. So typically we're talking about, you know, our physical, like our physical bodies. We're talking about whether or not we have chronic health challenges or diseases that we've been diagnosed with. But I want to preface, preface today's talk with making sure you understand how I'm defining health. When I say four signs on whether or not your health is an asset as opposed to liability, I'm not just talking about your physical health. I'm specifically re referring to your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, um, and your mental health, right? So all of those can be impeding on your ability to live a high quality life. So your physical health may be fine. You may not have weight to lose. You may not have a pre-existing condition. You may not have been diagnosed with anything. Your doctor you know, may have just given you a good bill of health physically, but there is a chance that your mental and or emotional and or spiritual health is impeding on your ability to thrive. So today's talk is gonna help you determine that and it's going to really help you decipher whether or not um, your health is an asset and or a liability. Today, I'm going to give you four signs that is an, it is an asset. And just like when I talked about this last week, you know, I want you to note that it is, this is coming from data that I've collected over the years as a coach. So it's not coming, like, it's not theoretical. Um, I'm speaking from personal experience 
um, for, meaning personally in my life, how I live my life and how my health has changed over the years. But then I'm also talking from professional experience, meaning my observations and watching my clients evolve and grow, watching my students evolve and grow, talking to people whose health is a liability and then talking and coaching um, people whose health is an asset. And so that's where I'm getting this data from today that I'm about to share with you. Um, let me cut this Wi-Fi off, off the iPad so that uh, we can stream on Facebook too because it can disconnecting. So let me do that real quick. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, so here are four signs that your health is an asset to your life. Okay, so sign number one that your health is an asset to your life is this. The gas in your tank matches the distance you need to go. Right. So what does this mean? In this first one, I'm kind of referring to physical health. The gas in your tank matches the distance you need to go. So that means you are not suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome, meaning you actually have the energy and the endurance to get things done. Right. So a lot of us, we have way more on our to do list than we have energy reservations for. Right. So typically we tap out on a daily basis before our to do list gets done. OK. So one sign that your health is an asset and not a liability is that you actually have the energetic designation to do what's required. OK. Now, I'm not just talking about on a daily basis here. This also has to do with a monthly and yearly basis as well. So on a day to day basis, most of us are used to if we're experiencing chronic fatigue, we're used to um, saying we're tired all the time. You know, I can't lift another finger, move another muscle, run another errand. I need to sit down. I need to lay down. I need to rest. I need to decompress. That's on a daily basis. But when I say you have enough gas, your, the, the gas in your tank matches the distance you need to go, what I'm also referring to is even bigger projects. So not just your daily to-do list, not just getting through your work day, right, and just being physically exerted. I'm also talking about endurance here. And that means you have maybe projects that you personally want to complete and get a hold of, like maybe writing your book, right? Maybe starting your nonprofit, right? Maybe volunteering more and showing up more in your place of worship. Uh, maybe there's projects and things you want to do with your children, right? So I'm talking about things that are outside of your day-to-day, -day, like your work, you know, and all the things that are just required to live. I mean, you have other things pulling on you, passions, desires, purpose, whatever, and you don't have the energetic designation or the endurance to get them done, right? So let's say you do want to start a side hustle or start a company or begin to exit from corporate America. Uh, let's say there's a program that you want to sign up for, a coaching program or some other type of program um, certification or something that you want to take. And you just, you find, you have found over and over and over again that um, you don't have the endurance to get through those things, meaning you're a great starter, but you're not a great finisher, right? So maybe you have the book outlined, maybe you have a few chapters written, maybe you have ideas swirling around in your head, but you never seem to complete things, whether it's 
your just to-do list for the day or whether it's like your to-do list for the quarter or for the next several months or for the next couple of years, you should have been out of that job, right? Your, your side hustle should have been jumped off, right? Your book should have been written. Your podcast should have been started, right? Whatever it is, that passion project, you should have been on top of it, right? That thing you wanted to expose your kids to, y'all should have been doing that, right? So do you have the energetic designation? Does the gas in your tank match the distance you need to go? If it does, that is the first sign that your health is an asset. If the gas in your tank matches the distance you need to go. So a couple years ago, I have a certification called the Other 23. The Other 23 is a plant-based nutrition and coaching certification. So my coaches who are inside of the program, um, I'm actually certifying them in plant-based nutrition. So teaching them the science so that they can integrate it into their business. But then I'm also teaching them how to establish themselves as an authority in their field and to um, develop a coaching business, whether that be an add-on to a business they already have, a career they already have, or just starting off as a coach in the plant-based nutrition space, solving a specific problem. So you can imagine, in order for me to create create the curriculum for the other 23, it was kind of a robust project. So I've been working on this curriculum for years, okay? I opened the other 23 for enrollment for the first time last year in 2021, but when I opened it, it was when I started it, okay? I started it, you know, uh, at least a year and a half, two years prior um, to me opening it up for enrollment and actually enrolling coaches in the, into, into the program. That was a robust assignment. And I remember when I first started enrolling students into the other 23, I have several coaches who said to me when they were enrolling, Lisa, I heard you a year ago, two years ago, say that you were creating this certification and I waited for you. Now imagine that. Imagine if I had to announce to my audience that I was creating this plant-based certification, but I never saw it through, right? I started the projects, but I, but I never, you know, um, took it to completion. And here I am, here, here are these people in my audience and my ecosystem who were waiting for this service to become available because they said, we want to learn from you. We want to sit at your feet. We've watched how you developed your coaching programs and your business and you you announced that you were going to teach us how to do this. Now imagine if I didn't have enough gas in my tank to go the distance and actually complete the project and bring it to fruition. That is a huge undertaking, right? To tell people that I'm going to teach you right? The intricacies of nutrition science, of plant-based nutrition science. I'm going to teach you the intricacies of building a coaching business and being and establishing yourself as an authority in a specific space. That's a huge undertaking, right? And so me being bold enough to announce it is one thing, but me having the energetic designation to see it through to completion speaks to how my health is an asset in my life and not a liability. And so that's the first metric that I want you to use to determine whether or not your health is an asset to your life or a liability. Do you have, does the gas in your tank match the distance you need to go on a daily basis, right? Can you literally just get through your to-do list and accomplish everything you want to do on a daily basis without feeling completely spent, without feeling completely worn out, without, you know, having enough time left over for yourself or your family? Like, are you able to get through the day? But then also, are you able to get through major projects 
Um, or even fun things like you might want to plan a vacation and do that. But does that overwhelm you? Are you able to plan a four or five day vacation with your family, get to it, execute it without feeling completely overwhelmed, right? And stressed out. Okay. So if you are able to do those things, whether it be write a book or plan a vacation or create a plant-based certification, if you're able to get through those things um, with the energy that's required to do so without burning yourself out, then that's a good sign that your health is an asset and not a liability. Number one. All right. Number one out of the way. Okay. So number two, the second sign that your health is an asset and not a liability is the behaviors or the things you engage in in order to um, extract pleasure, joy, or happiness out of life are not self-destructive. Okay, y'all already know I'm coming with the details. Okay, so again, the second sign that your health is an asset and not a liability is the way you extract extract pleasure or joy out of life is not a liability. It's not self destructive. So what does that what does that mean? That literally means that what brings pleasure does not also bring pain. Okay, what brings pleasure enhances your life as opposed to being potentially self-destructive. Okay, so let's do some examples. So um, if you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me, you know, in several talks talk about this idea of being addicted to pleasure. You've probably heard me talk about this idea of, you know, the pleasure pain principle. Um, You've probably heard me talk about, you know, being addicted to dopamine and doing things that give you a quick dopamine hit, like an addiction to sugar, an addiction to salt, an addiction to, you know, um, impulse buying, you know, shopping on Amazon or in stores like crazy when you didn't plan to, an addiction to social media, an addiction to television. Television. And so you have things in your life that give you a quick dopamine hit, that gives you quick pleasure, you know, fast food, junk food. You can't wait to bite into that, you know, cheesy burger or chicken or fries or fried food, you know, vegan junk food, whatever it is, right? So if you have, if the things that you use, if the behaviors and the activities that you use to extract joy out of life, do not have a self-destructive quality, it's a good sign that your health is an asset and not a liability, okay? So what I mean here, and here this is is speaking a little more to, number one was speaking more to your physical health. This one is speaking a little more to your mental and emotional health, okay? So for a lot, let me give you some examples of how what you derive pleasure from can also bring pain, can also be self-destructive, right? So let's say, for example, you are addicted to impulse shopping. It's like online shopping, you always doing impulse buys or maybe out in the stores buying stuff you don't know you need, but it just brings you joy, right? Um, but like financially, you ain't planned for this purchase. Technically, you don't need none of this shit. Like you just like you just buy stuff, right? Because it, it's the purchase that makes you happy. It's the shopping that makes you happy, whatever it is, right? People are addicted to shopping. People are addicted to gambling. People are addicted to smoking, addicted to drinking, right? So these things, they bring pleasure, but they have a self-destructive quality, okay? And so what happens? You, you, um, what does the self-destruction look like? So you have impulse buys, and then immediately what do you have? Buyer's remorse, okay? Let's say you have a sugar addiction, but then immediately what do you feel? Guilt or shame 
from eating this food, knowing that, you know, you're trying to get healthy, right? Um, maybe you have an addiction to salt oil or caffeine, but immediately you have uh, energy depletion. You crash in the middle of the day or, you know, you got the jitters, right? You got, you, you're getting energy, you getting dirty energy, right? From synthetic substances, right? So it comes with a negative side effect. Maybe you have an addiction to, you know, television and TV shows, but you feel guilty because you don't spend so many hours watching TV and not, you know, spending a little bit of that time pouring into your, your side hustle or pouring into your children or pouring into your, your mate or whatever, or, you know, exercising, whatever. So whatever you get pleasure from out of life has, if it has a self-destructive quality to it, that's a sign that your health is not an asset. However, on the flip side of that, your health is an asset. If the things that bring you pleasure, if the if the places where you get your most dopamine hits, um, not only bring you pleasure, but they enhance your life, they enhance your life, then that's a good sign that your health is an asset. So does what bring you pleasure enhance your life and the life of others? example. Okay. So I gave you all the negative examples of the ways pleasure can be self-destructive. But an example for me is exactly what I'm doing right now. Like I love talking to you guys. I love teaching. I love recording content. I love creating um, these talks with a perspective and giving you ways to think about things that maybe you've never thought about them before. Right now, in this moment, as I'm recording this, as I'm speaking to you, I'm literally deriving pleasure out of this. Like, it's giving me a dope night. Every time I'm about to go in front of an audience, whether it be virtual, whether it be live in person, um, when it's time to teach my students, like, I am litty. I don't have to eat ahead of time. I don't have to sleep ahead of time. Like, this is my dopamine hit. And me deriving pleasure out of doing this, the reason it's so healthy is because number one, it's, just, it's in service to others. Number two, there is no negative side effect. There is no self-destructive quality to this, right? And number three, it's perfectly aligned with my gifts and talents. So I feel, I feel like I am where I'm supposed to be, right? You know what? Somebody asked me yesterday, right? I was, um, or two days ago, I was being um, interviewed on Afro-Vegan Society's uh, site on their YouTube channel live for February. Um, and they were, uh, I was talking about breaking down protein on a plant-based diet, right? And so I was telling somebody, like, uh, I was on the phone with him and um, he's like, what you got up today? And I'm like, oh, I'm being interviewed at two o'clock this afternoon um, live, you know, for uh, Afro-Vegan Society. And he's like, how does it make you feel when you're being interviewed? Like, what, what does that do for you? And he's like, what does it feel like? And I was like, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I'm like, you know what? It feels like I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like, nothing else in the world matters in that moment when I'm speaking, when I'm teaching, when I'm coaching. It feels like this is exactly what I was designed, called to do. Like, it feels perfect. It just feels like a perfect moment, right? He's like, dang, I'm like, I know, right? And so that is how I derive my pleasure. That is how um, I get my dopamine hit. So if the way in which you get your dopamine hit, the things that bring you joy um, in life and bring you happiness, you know, whether it's, you know, short fleeting moments or, you know, long duration of hours or whatever, whatever it is, are those things... Um, life enhancing or self-destructive, 
right? That is number two on how you can determine whether or not um, your health is an asset and not a liability. You get your dopamine hits from things that are self and life enhancing, okay? So that's number two. Let's get into it, all right? We got two more, two more. So the third way to determine whether or not your health is an asset and not a liability is you have really healthy and mutually beneficial relationships, okay? Really healthy and mutually beneficial relationships. We all know like um, it's impossible to uh, love fully, uh, fully love other people if you don't love yourself. We all know that um, it's really hard to exist in a relationship and should I say not exist but pour into a relationship if you yourself are not fully fulfilled right if you have areas in your life that you need to work on right and we all do don't get me wrong but if we're not actively working on them that's when they become a problem and so if you are not whole I think the, the perfect way to say this is the way you know um, he says it in one of my meditations you know perfect whole and complete right um, and I'm using perfect you know, loosely, right? We all know we're imperfect, but if you're not perfect, whole, and complete, it's impossible for your relationships to be so. It's, a, it's impossible because relationships are supposed to be mutually beneficial, all right? Whether it's a friendship, whether it's um, a colleague, whether it's a relation, a romantic relationship, whether it's a parental, child, and parent relationship, you know, these re relationships are supposed to be mutually beneficial, it's impossible to have a really healthy relationship that's one-sided, meaning, you know, one person is pouring into it and the other one is just receiving or vice versa. You may have seasons like that where, you know, somebody is, you know, I don't know, sick or whatever, and they just need to be taken care of and you just got to pour into them. There may be seasons like that. It's never going to be balanced, but it should be a mutually beneficial exchange, energetic exchange in the relationship. So if you assess your relationships with the people in your life. And what I would recommend is just looking at the top five because we are a summation of the top five people we spend the most time with. So looking at, you know, the top five people you spend the most time with, you know, whether that might be your children, your spouse, your best friend, you know, your coach, right? I spend a lot of time with my students. So depending on, you know, who those top five are and then think about it, you know, like, are those mutually beneficial relationships? Do you really feel like you are showing up fully in that relationship, you know, to the best of your ability, given the best of yourself. If not, it could be a sign that your health is a liability and not an asset. You know, one of the key indicators of our longevity is our social connections. Okay, our social connections. So this is um, the intimate relationships we have with other humans. So in your in, in assessing your relationships, are they um, more or less, do you guys have more quality interactions than not, right? Like high quality interactions. I was on the phone yesterday with my best friend and like she caught, before she started talking, she was laughing. Before I knew what she was laughing at, I was laughing, right? Our laughter is always contagious. So she called me like, I just realized something and just bust out laughing. I'm so ready for the realization she had. I'm cracking up. We just like in gaggles before we even get to the conversation. We always laugh and joke throughout the entire conversation. We're always here for one another. Just the day before though, I had to check on her about something to make sure she was good because she was going through a little something. So I mean, it's a mutually beneficial relationship that we both exchange 
extract joy out of that we both feel safe in. Your relationship should feel safe, right? And so, and safe means you feel like you have permission to be your true self, right? Your true, transparent, vulnerable self, right? So how you cultivate relationships, how you exist in relationships is only an extension of your health. It's only an extension of your, your um, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So if you mentally, spiritually, and or emotionally are not healthy, that it has no choice but to manifest into unhealthy relationships, right? So if you always find that you are in relationships that are just not mutually beneficial, that are constantly self-destructive, that are where the root of them might be, I don't know, jealousy or envy or just like um, you're always in relationships with that um, have a, a power dynamic to them, like a power struggle, right? That's a sign that you might need to assess your mental, emotional or spiritual health. It's cause, because it's at this point, you should surmise that your mental, emotional or spiritual health is not optimal because it's manifesting in relationships where neither one of you are being fully served. Okay, so super, super important to look at that. Most people don't think of um, their relationships as being an extension of their health, but it truly is because, as we know, wherever you go, there you are, right? Wherever you go, there you are. And so if you are not healthy or doing everything in your power to be healthy mentally, spiritually, and or emotionally, it's going to show up in your relationships, right? It's going to be, you know, some um, power structure dynamic, it's a power struggle. It's going to be, you know, just not communication isn't good in those relationships, right? There's going to be something and it's going to be a recurring thing. That's why I said, look at your top five. It's going to be a recurring thing. I'm not just talking about a little tiss with somebody else. I'm not saying relationships are perfect. I'm saying it's going to be a recurring thing, you know, looking at recurring things in your, you know, romantic interactions with partners, right? Look at those recurring themes and then go back to the drawing board and see what aspect of your mental, emotional, or spiritual health needs to be addressed, okay? That's number three, okay? We rocking and we rolling. Give me some hearts or give me some comments. Let me know if this is resonating with y'all. Is this making sense? Is it landing for you guys? Um, give me some feedback. Let me know if this is helpful for you. Um, as we get into number four, which is my favorite, all right? This is my favorite. So the fourth and final way to assess whether or not your health is an asset, is truly an asset um, to your life, is your obedience, whether or not you are fully obedient in life, whether or not you are perfectly aligned with your calling in life. And I'm going to tell you how to assess this. Okay. Um, so, and this speaks to, um, better way to describe it is this speaks to self-actualization. Okay. So this means, do you feel like you're living in a space currently where, um, you're achieving your full potential, like your full potential, everything you have, your gifts, your talents are being realized. They're being used in a productive manner to serve. Okay, That is obedience, meaning you are in a space where you are achieving your full potential. That's what obedience is. And that full potential means that your gifts and your talents are being utilized in such a way are being utilized in such a way that it enhances someone else's life. So I have a podcast, um, uh, a podcast inside of a podcast. So my podcast platform is called the Black Health Academy Podcast. And I have some episodes inside of the Black Health Academy called Obedience. And 
in these obedience episodes, I talk about what it truly means to be obedient, what's truly required to stay obedient, um, what disobedience looks like, um, how to avoid it, um, and the consequences of being disobedient. And so I talk about obedience a crap ton, like a shit ton, like a whole bunch, okay? Um, but because it, it means... It's so important because what we don't understand is that when we are chronically disobedient, meaning we not, are not obedient to what we're called to do over a long period of time. Like you might have seasons where you get off track, but if you are chronically disobedient, that literally shortens your life, that um, demagnetizes you. So everything that you're praying for and that you want to attract in life, it's going to be harder to attract because you're disobedient. So it demagnetizes you. When you're o obedient, it, it gives you magnetism. Okay, it makes you magnetic for everything you seek on this planet. Okay, and so that magnetism is one sign of obedience. If you find like, oh, this is my season, things are falling in line for me, um, things are just doors are opening up, things are easy, like everything I'm seeking is coming to me easily. This is a sign of obedience. However, if you find that you are in a season of demagnetism where everything that you're praying for and hoping for. Um, it's not landing for you. Opportunities are falling through, right? Um, things are not coming to you as they sh as easy as they should be, um, and you're really feeling like you're misaligned. That is a season of disobedience, and it's also a sign that your health is a liability and not an asset. Okay, when you are obedient. Everything I said prior to now is in place. You have healthy relationships. You have enough gas in the tank to match, match the distance you need to go. You derive pleasure out of things that are life enhancing and not self-destructive. You, when you are obedient, you are living a life where you are achieving your full potential. And so this is a sign that your health is an asset and not a lot of liability because the only way I'm able to do what I'm doing right now, right? Like to be before you speaking this content, you know, developing these idea, ideas and perspectives um, and being able to articulate them in a way in which um, makes sense for you and, and is comprehensive for you is that my mind has to be clear and sharp. I have to be well rested. I have to be well hydrated. I have to be properly fed. Okay. I can't have riffs in my relationships that are plaguing the back of my mind about who I'm not speaking to or who I just got into it with or who I'm in the middle of silent treatment with. Like, because when you have all of those things happening, your health failing, your relationships all over the place, you know, food addiction, shopping addiction, social media addictions, all of that creates energetic disruptions and lowers your vibrational frequency. So when your vibrational frequency is lowered, right, it automatically demagnetizes you and takes you away from a place of obedience. So all of those things need to be intact and in place. I'm not saying everything is perfect. I'm saying you do everything in your power to stay at a high vibrational frequency because my ability to be fully present right now, my ability to be fully present only speaks to the fact that my health is an asset. My physical health, my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health is an asset and it allows me to show up this way in my business. It allows me to show up this way on my purpose. It allows me to show up in this way where I can be fully present. I'm not distracted. 
about the fact that my back hurt right now, my knees hurt, my stomach hurt. I'm not distracted about, you know, me and my partner because we into it right now. I'm not, or my mom or my sister or my best friend, whatever the relationship is, right? I don't have, you know, I'm not distracted by, you know, uh, negative interactions with my colleagues or my staff or my students. I'm not distracted, you know, by can't wait to get to my next sugar hit, my next social media hit, my next caffeine hit. I don't have addictions that are pulling me in my next alcohol, my next puff, my next cigarette, my next blunt. None of that is distracting me energetically, right? And so my health, but as a result of that, my health is an asset and not a liability. So it allows me to show up full, whole, and complete for the audience I'm meant to serve, i.e. obedience. Make sense? <laughs> I hope this makes sense. So your ability to be for your, your health to be an asset um, and not a liability is um, first of all, it's available to all of us. That's the first thing. Like, like obedience, um, your optimal health is not a privilege reserved for, for the few of us. Optimal health is a life, is a is a right that is afforded to all of us, but it requires the work, right? It requires you to show up in such a way and do the work in such a way to get the result, right? But I want you to know that it's not a privilege. Living a life of radical obedience, living a life of optimal health, living a life where your health is truly an asset and not a liability to your existence, right, is a human right, is a human right. But just like many other human rights, you have to fight for it. It, it, it's, it's not automatic because there's so many things that are created in the world that are contrary to that ideology, right? Like fast food and junk food, right? The stuff that's going to, you know, enhance inflammation in the body. That's, that's, that's anti-optimal health. So you have to fight extra hard for your human right of being healthy, Right. There's so many things that have been created in the world, like different conveniences, for example, different quote unquote shortcuts, for example, you know, appetite suppressants, for example, surgeries, for example, liposuction, for example. Right. Um, there's different, you know, shit, Netflix, for example, to take taking over people's mind and attention and time. So there's things that have been created in the world that can quickly become you know, anti-optimal health. And so you have to fight for the human right to literally be optimally healthy. And this includes, again, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And when your health is truly an asset to everything you set out to do and achieve in the world, you will be, you will notice how magnetic you become. You will notice how much things that you pray for begin to align. Okay, because you guys may have heard, uh, I did a reel a couple of weeks ago that a lot of you really liked um, entitled um, Obedience is Payment for What You're Praying For. Obedience is Payment <laughs> for What You're Praying For, right? So a lot of times we pray for things. God, send me love. I'm lonely. I don't want to be lonely anymore. God, send me money. Send me abundance. I need an overflow. You know, God, please uh, create this opportunity for me to, you know, professionally do the work. I feel like I'm really called to do, you know, we, we're praying for, you know, God, please let me go back to the doctor and these results come back negative. Like we're praying for all of these things, but listen, listen, they said faith without works is dead, but the works part, let's not get it twisted. What is the works part? So you got the faith part. The works part is obedience. 
Everything you pray, you're praying for, obedience is payment for that, right? So you get what you pray for in exchange for your own obedience. That's what it is. And so your health needs to be an asset in that entire equation in order for you to effectively do what's required and live the life that you require. You know, um, the final thing I'll say, because you guys know I I teach an elevated level of a whole food plant-based diet. I help individuals with uncontrolled chronic health challenges, chronic meaning three months or longer. I help individuals with uncontrolled chronic health challenges adopt an elevated version of a plant-based lifestyle in order to alleviate and eradicate those health challenges without, you know, supplements and synthetic junk and vitamins and supplements and vegan junk food and all of that. And, you know, if you're trying to figure out where to start, if you if you are listening to this and you're like, boy, I only hit one out of three, one out of four today. <laughs> I'm only nailing one out of four. I'm only hitting two out of four. Like I didn't, all of them things, I'm not checking all four of those things Lisa said today. Um, I would highly encourage you to start with your physical health. Um, because when you change what you put in your body, um, you know, what you deny your body, that is what helps you begin to develop the mental clarity to make the right next decision. Okay. So I highly recommend, you know, starting with how you're feeding the body and the brain, because the performance of the body and the brain is then going to allow you to make the next best decision. Because when your body has to constantly make up for the water you're not drinking, when your body has to constantly make up for the plants you're not eating, when your body has to constantly make up for the exercise you're not doing, when your body has to constantly compensate for the salt, oil, or sugar, or caffeine you're addicted to, you know, it taxes you energetically. Like, your in exchange for your body, to for your heart to keep beating, in exchange for your like your kidneys and your liver to keep working, in exchange for your digestive system to keep working, your body taxes you energetically. Your body like, listen, you're not going to give me the 102 vitamins and minerals I need to thrive. Okay. You're not going to give me all the water and hydration I need. Okay. You're not going to give me the exercise, the sunlight, the fresh air, and the fresh, fresh oxygen I need to thrive. Okay. You also going to pour poison into me. Okay. I'm going to still keep you alive. I'm going to still do that for you, but in exchange for that, I'm taxing you on some of that energy. In exchange for keeping you alive, even though you're not doing what you're supposed to do, I'm going to go ahead and give you a small disease. I'm going to give you some stomach issues. I'm going to give you recurring headaches. I'm going to give you constipation. Like That's how your body taxes you for you not doing what you're supposed to do. Your disobedience in your health, right? your body said, I am going to do my part. And keep your heart beating. I'm going to go ahead and give you another day to get it right. But in exchange for that, it's going to cost you some energy. You're going to be tired. You're going to have headaches. You're going to have, you know, uh, mood swings. You you know, you're going to have digestive issues. You're going to have health. I'm going to give you a little back pain in exchange. I'm going to give you a little joint pain in exchange for that. But I will keep you alive. Right. So if you don't want if you want to have a better agreement with your body, (laughs) then you have to start giving it the raw materials it needs to thrive. It literally gives you disease and dysfunction in exchange for your disobedience. Somebody need to put that in the comments. Your body gives you disease and dysfunction in exchange for your disobedience. Now, the question becomes, what does it give you in exchange for your obedience? If, it, if your body gives you disease and dysfunction in exchange for your disobedience, what does your body give you in exchange for your obedience? Come on now. 
Like, what, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you and show you what is given to me <laughs> in exchange for my obedience. My body has given me optimal, like never ending energy, right? My, my, my body has given me the, the flexibility, the agility and the athleticism I desire every time I go work out. In exchange for my obedience, my brain has given me clarity, right? My brain has given me, you know, the ability to process, problem solve, right? To reason, right? My, my, your body and your brain gives you something in exchange for your obedience, but it also gives you something in exchange for your disobedience, okay? So that's why I would recommend you start, right? Do what you're supposed to do to take care of the one body, the one brain, the one mind that you were gifted with. Right. And then watch what your body and your brain gives you in exchange for that. Take that health that you now have from being obedient, leverage it into reading, reaching a point of self-actualization, i.e. your gifts and your talents are being used at their fullest potential in order to serve and solve a specific problem in the world. That's when you know your health is an asset and not a liability, when you can leverage your health. Right now, I'm leveraging the fact, right now, I'm leveraging the fact that I have the mental and intellectual capacity, I have the energetic capacity to serve this talk and to, you know, give you guys this information. I'm, I'm leveraging my, my, your, my health right now in real time. I still got a full work day ahead of me. I still got way more stuff to do today, right? But I'm, I'm leveraging my health right now by using my gifts and talents to serve. Right. So I'm not just taking the energy that my body gave me in exchange for the plants and the water. I give it and just being self-serving, sitting on a couch or, you know, staying in a place of fear. But I'm actually using the leverage. I'm leveraging my health to serve. So in exchange for my obedience here, my body and my brain is going to in the universe. God is going to give me more of this. Right. It's a beautiful flow. It's a beautiful exchange with God in the universe, with your obedience. It's a beautiful flow. Right. But most of us, right, we're so addicted to substances. We're so addicted to pleasure. You know, we're hedonistic, you know, and we live we live and operate our lives out of place of fear um, that we never get to experience this exchange with God, this exchange with the universe. Right. The beautiful flow and energetic flow that is radical obedience. Right. And, but that comes with how it starts with, should I say, with how you feed your body and your brain. Final thing I'll say, because I had made a note and I just wanted to make sure I say this before I hop off. You know, one way that you um, identify, guys, whether or not, you know, you are truly, because maybe let's say you're like, you feel like you might be obedient. Like, Lisa, I love my work. I love what I do. I feel like, you know, um, I'm really, my gifts and my talents are being utilized at a high level. I really feel like that, yet I'm still not getting everything I want. But I really feel like I am being obedient, you know, um, on this planet and that I'm serving the audience I was meant to serve. I'm solving the problem I was meant to solve. I really feel like I'm doing a damn thing. And I'll tell you, um, one final indicator of that is, are the are you first of all consistently being put in a position where you have to make courageous and or bold decisions? Because sometimes we can um, be doing the thing that we feel like we're called to do. We can be using our true gifts and talents, but we're still operating from a, a small place of safety, convenience, and familiarity. Right. So because if you 
are constantly being put in a position where you have to make courageous and bold decisions, that's a sign of growth. And if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. We're all dying. But you guys get what I'm saying. Right. Growth is an indicator that an organism is alive. And so you might be because I have some like this shows up a lot for my students inside of my coaches inside of the other 23 inside of my, you know, plant based certification. Sometimes the assignments and the things that I ask them to do, pushing them, you know, to um, I'm asking them and I'm pushing them to make bolder and more courageous decisions. Right. And so they're in the room and the other 23, they are aligning their gifts with what they feel like they were called to do. But the assignments and the work that's required to get there is making them uncomfortable. And so are you consistently in a space where you are are uncomfortable because it you're trying to grow to the next version of your, yourself? You're trying to grow to the next level. Are your are decisions being made from a place of courage and boldness, or are your decisions being made from a place of safety and familiarity? That's what you, that's the final way you need to decide whether or not you're being truly obedient. Because if you find that you're making decisions that are courageous and bold and unsure and a little shaky, that's what you want. But if you find that you consistently run back to safety, what's comfortable, what's familiar, um, even though you may be being slightly obedient, you're not all the way there yet. Like I'm in the, I'm, I'm in a place right now in my business, in my life where I'm, you know, I've, I've made, I've already made, I've already made a very bold decision that I'm not going to announce like the end of this year, but I've made a very bold decision. Now I'm piecing together, you know, the strategy to execute it. But it like when you've exhausted the level that you exist on, um, God is going to give you a divine download to what that next move should be, right? So when you've exhausted um, and used up everything you can use up on the level you're on, you're always going to be called to the next level. So I got that divine download a couple of weeks ago um, about what this 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 next move should be, and I'm, I'm obedient to it. I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm not trying to decide if I should make the move. I got the divine download, but now I'm piecing together the exit strategy, but it is a very... It is a very courageous and bold decision. And that's how I know I should do it because it's not familiar. It's not comfortable. Um, it's not I'm not it's not safety. It's not a decision I'm making out of safety. Right. Um, and so that's a sign that, you know, you are being completely and operating in, in radical obedience is that you're kind of always, you know, you're always a little teetering between I got this. I'm good. And oh, Lord, is this going to work? And is the bottom about to fall out with a net up here? Right. And so, you know, there, and then this is these are seasons, right? You don't always have to live in your life. There's a place for coasting. I did that in 2021 where I decided I didn't want to, that I wanted everything that I had built and that I had worked for to work for me. I did that in 2021. And now in 2022, I'm back in a season of growth, right? And so, you know, this idea of obedience comes with a level of constant courage in your decision making, constant boldness in your action, action taking, and so if you find that decisions you make tend to be the safe, the safe decision, like you want them people who like ideologically wears all black, 
Like, no, bro, I ain't wearing that bright yellow. No, I'm good. I'm I'm good on that orange, that pink. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I got my nails done yesterday, I'm like, slap that bold color on there. I need them, I need them to see I'm coming through bold on these live videos because, you know, ideologically, I don't live my life where I wear all black. Right. But I remember having a friend and she was slightly overweight and she used to wear all black all the time because it was safe. She didn't she didn't feel seen when she wore all black. Right. And so a lot of you are living your lives like that, where you are constantly just wearing all black. Right. Theoretically, not literally. Right. But, you know, you're living in a place of safety. You don't want to be seen. You don't want to be acknowledged. You want to stay in the background. Right. And so you want to try and be as invisible as possible. Honey, that ain't obedience. Invisibility is not obedience. Okay, visibility is obedience. Visibility is obedience. And so if you're always theoretically wearing all black, that could be a sign that you're disobedient. Hope I made it make sense today. So listen, do me a whole favor. If you are ready to pivot to the next step in your health and you know you know you need an elevated version of a plant-based diet to do that and I'm not talking about like just give up animal products and it's gonna solve your problems I mean you really need community you need accountability and you need a proven framework and curriculum to follow to truly adopt a whole food plant-based lifestyle um, and you want all these nuggets I'll be dropping around intellectual help and obedience um, then please hop on the wait list for my signature coaching program farm to table and if you are are a health professional and you want to integrate plant-based nutrition um, into your current business or practice and really master coaching, then you want to get on the wait list for the other 23. You can do both of those things on my website, lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me. Um, they're going to be opening up, opening up um, right in the beginning of March. I believe we're going to open up enrollment again for both programs okay so that's lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me you can read about farm to table and the other 23 decide which track is best for you hop on the wait list and then you'll get email when the application is open for enrollment all right until next time y'all take care